Okay, I should be back on Discord. Can you hear me okay now? I can hear you now. Okay, so we had some technical difficulties there. I'm just making sure I'm muted and all that. Okay, well, it is 2020-11-11, episode 33 of Lucid Indifference. That's lucidindifference.com. Well, I see we have our usual Lurker Plus bot in chat already. Hi. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, we're probably going to make this a fairly short show just because we've got a lot of stuff going on and we're kind of tired and we'll explain why in a bit. Well, I hope you all had a very unhappy Remembrance Day, uh, that, uh, you spent some time thinking about this stuff for at least the rest of the day. Oh, that was today. That was today. And, uh, I, I actually make a point to n not think on it very much and hopefully kind of forget uh, cause I got a bunch of personal stuff attached to that. And in fact, uh, World War II is one of the reasons my part of my family came to Canada in the first place because of some links to, uh, Canada has some extremely important special involvement in, uh, specifically the Netherlands, which is where my mother's side of the family came from. And, uh, I believe... <laughs> The story goes that the Dutch government uh, had an assistance program to help essentially what were refugees from the Netherlands go to Canada, like relocate. Uh, there are some people that went willingly after the fact and didn't receive any kind of government incentive. I mean, there was plenty of incentive to actually leave the Netherlands as well as come to Canada specifically. That involves uh, enough of a story, and like I said, I really don't want to think on this stuff because I'm already feeling really... Ooh. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm trying to smile, but it's really bad. Um, so yeah, I was particularly tired earlier today, which is why I prompted us to have a two-segment show. And uh, the reason is I'm transitioning back into having a, an engineered diet again. And I'm, I'm a very minimalist person when it comes to diet. And that's because I don't know how to cook. I don't actually know how to feed myself. That's one of the many things that you're supposed to somehow magically know. And nobody comes with that information at all. So we turn to the internet. And the internet isn't organized in the least. So we don't even know how to look at all. So it's kind of random. And we bore from people and... We don't know how to experiment with flavors or ingredients or anything like that to even know what we would like for ourselves, what we would like to cook for ourselves, which is different. Um, we, we just don't know how to explore. And some people bump into new stuff when they go to a restaurant or something like that. They'll look at a menu and go, oh, what is this? And ask somebody and their friend is like, oh, yeah, you should totally try that because the friend knows them well enough to know you do or don't like spicy or you do, you like certain textures or, or certain things like this. They'll say, well, I mean, you should try this because I think, and then you get introduced to it. And maybe then you get into, into making that as a recipe, like Minion, you were saying that in order to, we, we had a podcast where we were talking about having, uh, whether or not you should have restaurant level, quote unquote, professional experience tasting a dish before or after you learn to make it yourself. Um, I, I still maintain that you should wait until after 
do you try yourself? Because you, maybe you'll fall in love with what you make. And then you should just make the decision to never try it at restaurants again, depending on what kind of person you are. Meaning you were saying the opposite. Um, but that would involve finding and then going to a restaurant. It doesn't makes... have to be a restaurant, but at least somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, that's even harder, isn't it? What are you going to do on, on Craigslist? Be like, could you please somebody make me a pilaf? <laughs> now, okay. I know, I get that I'm weird. Okay. I legitimately looked around to see if I could find a, cause I didn't understand. I, I, cause they're at one of my, at one of my jobs, it was, it was quite a distance. So only one time did I actually happen to pass by on a nook on a side road, a quote unquote Persian restaurant. And that's the only thing I remember about it is being Persian. And I ate something. I don't know what it was because I, I couldn't remember. I just, I assumed that I would go back because while I was there, I'm like, ah, whatever this is, I'm going to order something else and, and I'll come here all the time. Never happened. Only went to the, the, to the, only went on the one occasion. It was just a little too far. I couldn't remember. I got too busy. I would eat, eat at work or I just wouldn't eat things like this. Uh, that was one of those jobs where I ended up taking over the department. So I was kind of busy. And so all I had in my head was Persian. Now, I didn't even know what Persian meant. And so I went like looking around like Persian food. I'll totally learn to do this because it's just rice, right? <laughs> Shrug. Turns out to be a little bit more calm. It's like, I know about Mexican food because I know about rice and beans, right? <laughs> like, that, no, it's not, not even close. Not, not anywhere near close. And, uh, so I learned like, oh, uh, I think I mean Iranian, I guess, but there's like a crescent and it's, there's like this ethnicity thing and countries are weird and, 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 and so, um, I went looking around, not exactly locally. So I, I, w I went, so it's, it would be hard to get to these places, but I, I cast a really wide net looking for individuals who were of that vague ethnicity who like were from that area <laughs> who called themselves Persian. Um, and, and they were like, cause you have these groups and stuff like that, which are like, um, you have meetup, like meetup.com has groups for like, uh, socializing, for example. And so I poked around there and I, and I, et cetera, et cetera, forums and all this kind of stuff until I actually found some people that were Persian. <laughs> it's like, but even then, how do you approach They're like, hi, I know, like, let's be friends. By the way, can you teach me to cook? <laughs> like that's, uh, even for me, that's really weird. That is something that I would have pursued, but the, but they were not new in the city anymore. So it would have been like, oh yeah, by the way, two years ago, you posted this thing and this one out of the corner, like, Hey, are you still like, that's, that's, I, it's not, it's somewhere on this side of creepy. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, I'm not, I, but I did go and I went and I looked and there's a whole lot of dishes that are very well recorded, uh, in terms of recipes, which is just, you know, a flat list of text. And you can get that for all kinds of stuff. But um, 
I, at the time I did not, it was a while ago. So at the time I didn't really think about going to YouTube and, and finding a, well, it's, it's like finding a nice old lady who has been making that as a recipe for the last 40 years who can explain it. Uh, I didn't actually do that, but I did do that with roti. I did do that with some other stuff. I found a really nice old, uh, I, she, she must, she was East Indian. Um, so India, in India, India, as opposed to where a lot of my stuff comes from, which is West in the West Indies. And, uh, and, and this is not India as in first nations, North America. That's, that's the Canadian word for it. Uh, Americans still say Indian, or at least some of them. Um, and so I, yeah, cooking, cooking is really, really rare and really weird. And I don't, I will now maintain that trying to go out like there are foodies foodies must be so oh, like, Oh no, Instagram must be really suffering. Cause all these foodies can't go out and take pictures of their plates. <laughs> oh no. But that's a legitimate industry concern that people aren't going out at least not like they have to be separated. Therefore less people can be seated there. Therefore there's, so there's like a chokehold on how much a physical income so an actual monetary income can go through a restaurant. So they're all going to suffer. And just the idea of, of going to a lot of these places of getting to getting good stuff, uh, certainly is going to be really hard. I remember, uh, I was taking a date out and we were just kind of wandering out, wandering around, looking like talking and then looking for a place that we would go and eat. And there was this place that had a lineup, like a serious lineup outside. And, uh, I'm like, Hey, wait, <laughs> like I, I point and I'm like, well, there's kind of like a, a, a different entrance. And I actually, I actually just kind of walked down there with her. I'm like, Hey, uh, can I come in here? <laughs> just kind of like the, the lineup is over there, but nobody realizes that they could actually, that there was another section of the same restaurant. And so we were like, pull rank and I just hop in. So, and you're not going to be able to pull that stuff off because you're going to get long reservations and a lot of other people that are interested. So I like, I, I'm spoiled. So I have really refined taste for some stuff. When I go out, I want to actually make it for like, like that was a date thing. So I really, I wanted it to be not McDonald's. I've done a McDonald's date before too. That was rather interesting. Girl went through my wallet. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's when you know a girl likes you. She's like checking up on you. I'm like, cause I had it on the table and she's like, she just, it's like a woman who reaches for your fries. Like that's like a, a guy can't do that. Like that's a fight, but a girl that, that, that's her communicating that she likes you. Uh, when she like handles your stuff, it's like, Oh, Hey, can I wear your, your hoodie <laughs> that the answer is yes. Uh, also that you're never getting it back kind of thing. Uh, I have had experience with that, but that's, that's actually a thing that is actually a thing. Uh, they bond in that way. And so I had a woman reach for my wallet on the table. I was, I mean, I did, I didn't even have the thought that I was concerned, which, which is, is strange now. But like looking back at it, but I, yeah, I, I didn't think anything of it because obviously, because I liked her, 
and she's just like flipping through. I don't even know what's in my wallet half the time. It's just like you have to cull what's in there because you, you have a stack of like, uh, what, what would they be called? Oh, minion. What do you call the, like you go to certain places and you get like a punch card. I can't remember what those are called. Like savings a, cards. A punch card? Well, I mean, you can, that's the literal thing to say. I mean, I have a bunch. Like, okay, so they're like rewards cards, for example. That's a good way to put it. But like, I had talked about having the numbers of people in a previous show where like, I've got the number of, I still have a card from, uh, it is a personal card for somebody at a bank. And so it's like, and I talked about how you, you must not abuse that sort of thing when you've got, when you have someone that you can call unless it's important and ah, frequent shopper card. That's what these guys are calling it. Preferred shopper card. You know, sometimes you go to a grocery store and they'll give you something that kind of looks like a credit card. It, it even has like a barcode for them to scan or a, a magnetic swipe or whatever. And they, they track what you buy and they offer, I don't know, stuff, things and stuff. I've gotten free stuff at grocery stores just randomly. Like they ask, they ask me, they're like, they're like, uh, Hey, would you like these carrots for, for free or something? I'm like, uh, cause you have this many points. I'm like, do I? Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> and it's like a, a $1 thing or whatever the heck, or you get certain sales if you've got a certain card, like rewards cards. Anyhow, I did have a list of stuff to, to kind of talk about the, I am going to be migrating over to whole food. Soylent now, so whole food is an engineered, it's a powdered food. It's a complete meal. Um, there are some strange rules about certain, about what is called a meal replacement. That's actually a class of product in Canada. And it's specific, it's very specifically regulated. And that's, that's a different category from something like a, like a protein shake type of thing. So bodybuilders or people that are uh, just the exercisey type, they have certain kinds and certain classes of supplement. This is not that, uh, this is uh, classed as a meal replacement and it has a certain ratio of certain kinds of things. And one thing that people theorized that was a problem for Soylent a couple, what is it? A couple of years ago, they weren't able to sell in Canada. They never admitted why, but people researched, uh, and said that it was, uh, the, the calorie intake the, the proportion of calories based on fat was too high to be allowed in Canada to be classed as a meal replacement for Canada. I, I'm, I maintain that they should have just rebranded, given Canada the finger and brought it in. Just be like, no, this isn't a meal replacement. This is, and just made up another word. And everybody knows, like <laughs> wink, wink, and it would just get, get by. And that would have been fine for everybody. But who knows? They had, I have, again, I've talked about that in the past. They had some idiots running, managing Soylent. They're out in Canada again, but I don't care. I'd rather support a Canadian company now. Plus I like chocolate and it's hard to find powdered Soylent and blah, blah. I have got a relationship with this company, Whole Food. I like them. They're Canadian. Um, their stuff is really good. I, I do want to switch to it. Uh, and part of that reason is 
Um, I'm now determining that more and more of my diet uh, must be restricted in order for me to stay smart. Uh, I think I can say that literally. And uh, I check with them. I email them, right? I email them. I know a guy. <laughs> I email them and uh, it's, it is officially gluten-free, even though it doesn't say anywhere. I think they want to reserve that or they don't want to do the old, like, there are certain processing of certain ingredients in facilities that also handle, right, and then they brush against gluten somewhere, somehow. Uh, I'm not concerned about that because I don't die when I eat bread. I just get sad. And I think I talked about this last time. That, uh, when I eat pizza, I get sad, so I can't eat pizza. And because I can't eat pizza, I am also sad, so I can't win. Um, so switching to whole food might be an interesting experience. I don't know that it's going to be great because I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> I need to get milk and turn them into milkshakes and hot chocolate and stuff like this. Uh, some people bake with it, but I don't really, I don't want to, I, there's something about that seems wrong. Like it would be destructive. Um, but, and yet I microwave it. Um, but, uh, for Soylent, I had the interesting experience that I wasn't hungry anymore. I just didn't experience hunger. Like literally, I just did not experience hunger anymore. And uh, I would have instead, like what I was experiencing earlier today, what I would experience is I would just get tired and not know why. And it's because I'm not used to it. And it's been a while since I've had led that life. I think I did it for a few months straight of just that as food, just soylent. And, and you just kind of run out of steam and get tired. It's not unmotivated. It's not a mood thing. It's just tired. And that's because I have to eat. And it's strange. It's so it's like there's a boost of energy and then it just, there's a sharp kind of a cliff where I ought to have eaten in order to maintain things. So it might just be me that's weird or whatever, but I can expect that from whole food. I don't know if I'll lose my sense of hunger, but I am, but because I've got restrictions on diet, like no more pasta, I'm pretty sure I have to be careful about like, I had a rice lentil dish that I eat and some other stuff. I might have to restrict myself. Um, I, because there's that variety, I probably won't experience the other thing, which is kind of like, um, like Pendulette's potato diet, where I experienced the same thing where, uh, I, you eat something like Soylent, which is pretty neutral. It's meant to be neutral. So it's, so it doesn't offend people. And so you can mix it with other flavors which I never did, even though I've got copious amounts of notes on ideas for that. And they used to be part of a, they used to encourage a community of people that would homebrew their own type of stuff and flavor and all this kind of stuff. They went to corporate and they kind of like nuked all of that, all the forums and community stuff. So they're now they're just like a storefront, but I still have all the notes and a lot of it is still available in the internet archive Wayback machine archive.org, probably the most important website on the internet and not enough people know about it. And the, one of the experiences with Soylent is, um, you don't crave it's, it's, it's a very odd experience. So food just becomes this really quick mechanical thing. Just drink a glass of this stuff and you're done and just get on with life. And the problem with having something like an engineered diet is when it's fast and convenient, there are certain benefits for that. But when it is fast and convenient, 
you lose out on the meditative experience of cooking, of planning, of shopping, all these other things. So you can't share with other people. You can't provide for other people, this kind of stuff. And so, so for somebody like me, I could be working on something and become ridiculously invested. And I'm not, uh, what is it? Is it ADHD where they actually like forget to eat? So you get like really high end, high functioning, autistic, almost type programmers who kind of get, they forget to eat <laughs> and shower and sleep and all this kind of stuff. I'm not like that, but I will get invested in something. And there's a point when, um, it, I might push myself too long and I realize that I, I have, and I get burnt out and I have to withdraw and I, I have the ability to withdraw very well. Like everybody, you, cr you recognize when you crash, you're like, okay, well I'm taking, like you're frustrated or whatever. You just take a break. You wash your hands of what you're doing. You'd be like, eh, I'll go do something else or whatever the heck. Um, a lot of people, especially people who are overweight, it's one of the reasons why some people are overweight. I'll, I could go into that. I probably already have, but one of the ways of withdrawing from the stress of having committed, uh, to some effort is you, you withdraw and you cook, you withdraw and you even making a sandwich or something like this, they're taking the time and going to a place and doing a thing and all of the associations with it, you know, pulling all the different ingredients out of a fridge and sometimes cooking or assembling, dealing with leftovers and repackaging stuff and washing all the stuff you use to cook or prepare to eat with. Like all of that takes time and it's a bunch of different kind of skills, but they're all autopilot skills because you've done it for many, many, many years. And so it takes your, the worried mind, the stressed mind, and it pulls it back into all of the comfortable automated stuff. And then, and so it's, it's a very good rested state. That's really easy. You don't have to sit there and meditate, which is really hard for a lot of people. Um, so I, I can't do that. I don't get any of that. So what I tend to do is have tea or something like this, because you have to you have to go to a place, you have to boil the water, which takes time. And then you have brewing time. And during all that, I can pace around. And usually I'm still thinking about the thing that I just, that I was just working on, which is fine, but it's not working on it. It's something else. And it's kind of the neighbor of accomplishing the thing. And it lets me pause and do the old, you know, percolation, which I have talked about. So winding down, sharpening the saw. So I come back with a sharp saw with a better mind and making a cup of tea takes you know, six minutes, seven, maybe 10. And if you drink while you're up there, you can stretch it out. And if you've got like little cookies or something like that, and you can appropriately, and you, you have, and if you're counting calories properly, cause some people with an engineered food, you can literally eat exactly 2000 calories per day, plus 100% of all of the, the catalog of stuff that it is said that humans require or they die or whatever that you slowly erode over the years. It is possible to have all that set up, but having a cookie is more. And for some people that are, for example, trying to take meal replacements and use them 
for dieting, uh, which is not appropriate. Uh, they can't do the cookie thing. So having tea with biscuits or something doesn't work. So there's right. So I know that I'm going to be entering into a lifestyle that's going to be very different. So I have to have, so eating will have to be on a schedule or I'll forget hunger and hunger goes away. And I will have to remember that tiredness is hunger. Tiredness does not mean nap, which is a really, that's strange because in your regular life, you know, you work, you work hard, you do stuff. <laughs> I see you typing stuff. Um, the minion is doing stuff live. This, this is kind of exciting. It's hard to act. It's hard to know when he accomplishes anything. Um, so anyhow, I'm going to move on to some other topic. Um, we, uh, so destiny dropped some new content, right? And world of Warcraft drops some new content for destiny. Was it the entire new expansion that came out or is it just some stuff? It's a new expansion and it's annoying. It's annoying. Well, what's the expansion for? What is it? How? I mean, I should ask you about lore, but do, do you even care? I can't. I'm on controller and the hotkey is like, uh, I think it's a bad idea to play and chat at the same time. Oh, see your push to talk in the game is like, I had the left thumbstick that I would push down. So, uh, unfortunately for me, you... I have to use the entire controller. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess when you're. When you're doing so, we need to get you. I, like I said, I have I a guess USB. I'll just leave push to talk off for now and then turn it back on when I can stop talking. But right now, it feels like a good time to keep going for a bit. Um, yeah, so Destiny had Laura, uh, new content by new content. Like, it's actually not drip feed, so there's stuff to do. But the new stuff, um, some of the story, it's if you're playing alone and you don't have certain things, there's mini bosses. There's technically bosses, section bosses, but they take forever to kill. Cause you chunk a bit. They have a. They have a. Jesus. You showed me a walker or something like that. Which yeah, has I showed, a there's a few bosses. So there's a boss, and then usually every boss has one major, has a few people under them, and then they each manage a bunch of people. This one has like a bunch where if you die, you have to start from the beginning of its health. It's not Ooh. checkpointed, so after spending maybe 15, 20 deaths in total to two bosses... You finally realize, what do I do to kill this guy? And you just take a... I just pulled a weapon from somewhere else that I wasn't really using. And then applied damage over time. Took that, that weapon can do damage over time. So I did that. And then was able to kill the boss a bit easier. That's... but Okay, so two, two things. One is, aren't there other people around that's part of the the allure of destiny for story it's just by yourself oh story mode so single player campaign unless you go with other yeah. people yeah unless you go it. with other people and the other is like that's really dumb because people like me 
only have a limited kit of guns and I won't be able to, to pull that particular thing out of thin air. And yeah, I'd just be really frustrated. You like, sure will be. That's, that's why I'm, I'm not social enough for the guild structure for that particular game. There's just not enough socialization in the guild structure for Destiny. So it's hard to keep that bond and schedule and blah, blah. But yeah, that would, that would anger me. <laughs> that would anger me. More. I mean, well, I would probably have fun cheesing every single encounter because at some point I became bad at the game somehow and I needed to cheat for a lot of things. But I, I, I found a whole bunch of bugs and stuff. So, and, and that's really mad fun for me. So some encounters, I remember being really dumb and I didn't understand that one of the things that I was doing was meant to be three players. And, and I, so I was solely, I just thought it was really nice and hard until I got to the end boss <laughs> and, and it was a lot of time to get there and a, a real lot of work. And, but the boss was just unforgiving and it was meant to be distracted by multiple people. And there was just me, so little of me. And I, I still figured out how to cheese it, but it was the longest, most obnoxious encounter ever. And I don't know how many other people even know how I managed to accomplish that kind of stuff. It's not that impressive because there are just players who are just better than me or know how to be more aggressive and, and safe at the same time. Me, I was just kind of cowering, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So I might actually find a way to have fun with that kind of problem. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It is like the developers don't play their own game or they don't have the variety of players uh, that are close enough to their developers. To, I honestly to... don't think they realize the true. No, they'd never do because someone else will always think better of the combinations, but it seems like for certain things, or if you develop things around certain ways, it's not that great. Yeah. Well, you, you had some insight at the beginning there, which is, um, developers are only few and they might have great expertise. So they kind of have to, but the player base is always larger and the larger the player base, the more likely there is to have some combination of people who will combine their expertises or just individuals with a large enough population who will be better than the developers for every nuance The the odds are real good. The trick is having very solid philosophies that help cull through those ideas, steal the right ones and make corrections that are, uh, that are good for the philosophies and will disregard angering players who, who, who are not important compared to the, the mass of the player base compared to the theme of things. Um, this is a, this is a problem with, with games. It's a problem with businesses. It's a problem with governments. It's the, the, the expression is the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, on a player base there, there's just bunches of angry people and they, they, they may have reasonable points. Um, 
and those points get addressed when there might have been better things to work on that mattered more to more players, businesses are like that too. Like, this is a fad. We'll go after that market. And the larger market is like that fad. It's like me complaining about business advertising. It's like I, the, the business is spending too much effort on that dumb thing instead of satisfying me. Like Destiny's has been spending more time on these things instead of working on this other, instead of making like the single player experience satisfying. <laughs> so you can just like, right. Like I get the impression that it's a struggle for you to, to get through just so you can get to the point to the end of the game if you're doing it alone um, it's a struggle yeah so you need to have i still maintain you need to have a proper guild are, are you using the group finder stuff i am but now? right now since i already completed one character it's easy enough for me to stroll through the other since i know what to do now properly mm. against the guys i mean that maybe that's true but doesn't it frustrate you <laughs> Because you have to, it's agonizing. It's the struggle you learn to deal with. I guess. it's At least you only have to do it with three characters. Wait. Not five. I think it's a bit I different did. now. You had it easier then. Are you sure about you, that? You want it? I can give I, you my account. You want to play against the bosses that I had fun dealing with? Uh, no, probably not. I remember the end boss. I didn't even realize that you could step through the puddles of light to supercharge yourself. I didn't either, yourself. but I just <laughs> so sad. Like regularly, it it's very strange how you are technically taught the mechanic, the like the boss fight mechanics, the environment mechanics in one thing, and then just so much stuff happens that you kind of forget that. That, oh yeah, you could have been able to do this one thing in this one place over in this other encounter. It's just, I randomly walked across a thing and I got supercharged. I'm like, wait, what? How did I, what, what's going on? <laughs> and, and I still ran around the field a while before I realized, before I caught on. Because <laughs> I was just chasing it, just hiding and shooting at stuff. It was, it was, ah, it was bad. And it took me a couple of characters to figure that out. Um... So, so I'm, I'm playing World of Warcraft now, which also had a change on Tuesday on this literally, well, okay, maybe you should explain <laughs> logging in. Hey, I was ready at like, oh, one <laughs> kind of thing. So I think that's central time. Oh, uh, no, it's I can't remember what my server is doing. Oh, it's most things. It's rare to see any game company do Eastern or Central or Mountain. Most of them, I, most they do Pacific. It's usually most ninety of oh, all the things I've encountered. It's usually Pacific. It's like Seattle kind of corrupting everything. Everybody's over there. Not Seattle. So, isn't that West Coast? That's south of That's Washington. Central. Is That's it Central or Mountain? Because Seattle isn't. Um, oh, I don't I believe was... so. You could check I, if you, if I, you would kindly. I just, no, that would involve me like going past my microphone and typing a bunch. Also, I just like realized you're going to have a field day checking them close. No, the sound waves. Well, you mean for your stuff because mm. of the room acoustics? Yeah, that too. And yeah. I'm not on push to talk right now. I'm open mic. Well, that. Well, I mean, it depends on what your local copy of Audacity is doing. 
So remember that I can do noise removal and you got a good amount. And I've also, like, I had been playing for a very significant amount of time with the settings. And I think I wrecked some of the notes from the stuff I was doing before using this microphone. But for using this microphone, I went right back to scratch to philosophies and did absolutely everything from the ground up. And I wrote incredible documentation explaining why I made certain choices and why things work the way they do and what, what would have to be done if the environment changed, if the voice changed, if the microphone changed, possibly if the equipment changed, but that's, that's really easy. So some of the stuff is really easy to do. And so for example, dealing with, uh, let's say something like a change in volume is actually one of the most challenging things to do. And cause I don't want to begin my edit by increasing the volume because <laughs> cause there are certain, it, yeah, it, I, I'm not quite articulate enough to explain it. I have to have the notes in front of me. I am still thinking about doing an extraordinarily long walkthrough video, like an amateur masterclass, an amateur class going through everything that I know about everything. And so the, the macro chain, so the audacity series of effects that can, are done in a very specific order where each one, um, is done in a certain way that happens at that point that also, um, understands all the, pre all of the previous changes. So each step is all the previous plus one, all the previous plus one. They're not number one is on its own. Number two is on its own. They all have to understand the stuff that came before it. And so it was, it was, it was, it's just beautiful. Now that it's done, it's just beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, I don't have compression, which I don't understand why I would need it. Cause I'm doing stuff with a limiter. Not that, not the minion, not that you understand it's, you're not meant to understand this. Um, but what that amounts to is working with your track because so uh the for the live experience so we have people who will hear voice and that voice has a gate that discord is using so it's it's voice detection so the one hears a voice and it's pretty smart about it it's automated we, we can set it but we just let it be automated so it hears a certain volume which is generally a person's voice and then it lets a hundred percent of the sound through. And if anything falls below that threshold, it's muted. And that's great for the live experience. That's really useful, but we have an authentic raw track being recorded simultaneously. We're not going to download this from Twitch or anything like that. So we're not going to take the audio from discord either. It's being recorded locally, locally, and it's going to have the equipment hum. It's going to have background noise. It's going to have all this stuff, but what discord does the noise gating is also something that I do in post-processing. I do way more than that. So I can get rid of background noise, quote unquote, background noise, either by doing noise removal or by having specialized passes that perform certain actions. So I remember way back in the early days, I didn't understand a lot of this stuff. And I knew that I would be doing, that I would be agonizing over and I would be doing a lot of extra work. And then I would realize, or I would be taught or I would discover 
ways of doing things that would make me regret how I got to that point. And uh, part of that is I didn't know who to go to, to learn any of this stuff properly. So like I was between sentences, I would like highlight and blank things. And I would, I would keep doing that, but I now have passes of magic multiple. I think in that noise removal and then, uh, noise removal and then gating two passes of gating will, uh, and then click removal are what will influence in that space. And what that eff effectively does is minion when you're not talking, there can be stuff happening that gets recorded in audacity. Like I just heard somebody, is that my door <laughs> monitoring headphones? I can't tell if it's the real world. Um, the, but, uh, if there is stuff happening between voice, it, it will get eliminated utterly completely. Um, and I have, yeah, again, I wrote copious notes like to a version of myself in the future, which makes things magic. But what I can't do is deal with the fact that you're in like a dungeon with one window in it. It's, you can hear the reflection off all the walls. And so when you're in, if the room was padded, then it would be okay. So you're not in a ward. So it's not all nice padded walls, which would have different problems, but it would be better than this. This, this is just like straight brick walls and uh, it's not, it's just awful. <laughs> so it really does sound, sound bad. I can't do anything about that, but it doesn't matter because, because it's your voice. So it, it would be bad if this was a long-term problem and you learned to talk, then yeah, then I would do something about it. I would, I would have you pull up like your minion hood or something like that. And you would hunch back over the microphone. <laughs> um, and that might help for even a headset, but there are weird consequences for everything. Um, there are, okay. So because a podcast doesn't necessarily use a script, even though some people have skits and bullet points and stuff, um, what you can do is there are these, imagine cupped hands behind a microphone. The notion is that if you were to uh, prevent your voice from bouncing through the microphone off the walls and then coming back and, and being a problem in the microphone again, that, cause that you, you might think, well, that's half. And if you have cupped hands, that's maybe two thirds, maybe three quarters of the problems would go away. Cause you're cupping around the back of the microphone. Well, that, that introduces its own really weird problems. Um, but you can imagine, well, what would happen if you kind of did that around a person's face who's wearing a, a headset? <laughs> like, wouldn't that help? Cause you're, you've got like a hood on and then you're talking into a box <laughs> basically. Well, you'd get a different set of problems. You might get rid of the room noise, but if you're talking like into a pillow, then you, you get other wacky artifacts for a voice. So I'm learning all this kind of stuff. Cause I had certain assumptions that you know, well, if a microphone is still picking stuff up from the side, well, why don't I just put like, like five sides of a box around it and have one hole for my voice at the front and make everything, you can't soundproof because soundproofing doesn't work that way. 
but you can really deeply dampen stuff. Why don't I just, why aren't microphones just made like that? Where I have like, I'm talking into the end of a bullhorn. I just put my, why are, why are microphones like this weird shape with a grill on them? That, that doesn't make any sense. Why, why aren't they tubes with one end blocked off and the other end I talk, talk into? And it turns out that that's for, for subtleties of the quality of, of voice and the acoustics of like that reflective tube like or that that cupped hands behind it or that whatever all matters in and in ways that are so obvious that even uh, an untrained ear could hear this stuff um oh yeah so before we go to a break i do want to talk about wow quickly because world of warcraft also had a content it was content it wasn't expansion so it wasn't it was supposed to be a big deal. In fact, a very big deal because it's one of these, it's only going to happen once and then it's done forever. And there would be things in it, things during that time, which could be accomplished only during that time. And then never again, including getting unique awards and all this kind of stuff. Now, okay. So, and it actually launched on time and it didn't have technical problems, which I suppose is a minor miracle for any developer, but Blizzard has gotten like the technical side of stuff is, is remarkable is, is, is just the side of astonishing. It's just, it's happened so frequently. All the technical things that they've been doing are incredible. And they accomplish this by firing a lot of their other people, like their customer support and stuff like that. There's a lot of drama with that. They rehired other people elsewhere, but a lot of their development efforts, a lot of their money, a lot of their like the funding that puts, gets put towards people got put towards technical people, programmers and the like. And it really shows because a lot of technical, like, uh, beyond it's, it, you can't say it's an achievement because they're breaking new ground for a lot of stuff, like really remarkably. And I, I am weird like that. So I actually understand and can see a lot of the stuff while it's happening live and they're unwilling for some reason to advertise that they're, they're doing that. They're, that they're achieving beyond anybody's expectation. Um, which is a bit of a shame. I want them to take credit to have pride in what they're doing. Um, and it's, so it's a shame that there's only a few people like me that actually notice this stuff in game without being in the industry so well and, and having a, being a fly on their wall or something like this. But it, um, new content came out and that afternoon I was done. It, it's meant to be two weeks and a lead up a major storyline, major unique experience leading up to the next expansion, which is on the 23rd. And, uh, it, it's absolute trash. It is the most obviously trashy experience and, and it's a, it's such a disappointment. It's an unbelievable disappointment. Now I'm, I'm not, sh I'm not sure it's not obvious how it could be improved, which is it, it, but it is obvious that it is bad. I'm done. All it is, is like, oh, you have these three quests that you do once a day. And then what you kill stuff to get this one thing that usually drops or you do this other thing where it literally involves you tabbing out of the game and then waiting for a thing to happen in the game 
every 15 minutes and tabbing back in and pressing one key, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, participating in a little fight somewhere, then you get like a guaranteed this kind of drop and maybe a piece of gear, but who cares? The new expansion is going to come out. So all the stuff that you are and that you have is going to just be meaningless. So it's like, well, what are we doing? We're getting like an appearance that, that can happen. That can be a reward from some of these fights and we can grind for this thing that will get us these other appearances that also don't matter. So all this is about getting these, these not particularly pretty, what are called transmogrifications uh, that will, that will make like your pants look different or something. And it's not, it does, it's not very good. And a bag that's a little bit bigger for more junk that you can put it in. And this one inventory item that makes you, lets you summon a broom that just sweeps for 20 seconds or something. Or this one item that makes a little spirit appear for a couple minutes every 10 minutes, which is actually really cool. And that's the one thing that I care about. Or a few pets. It's like, or no, one pet that you can get multiples of if you want to cage them and give them or sell them to people. So it's worthless. And this is day two of doing that. And I'm done every single appearance. <laughs> I have to look around to see if there's anything missing that I have to kill things for. But like, I, I was thinking of taking time off from the podcast for this. <laughs> and notice that I'm not because I'm done. It's nothing to do. Now we're going to take a 10 minute break and we're going to be back. Um, I think we're still going to do just one more segment after this. So I'll see you guys real soon. We're live, but this connection is just fantastic. Just fantastic isn't bad. Well, we're, we're recording locally, yeah. so technically what our net connection does doesn't matter. Well, my net connection, when I put on YouTube and hit play, it just... I sat there watching for a few minutes, watching it just go, oh, the song is loaded, or it's the song title, and then um, everything loads up, everything seems to load up completely, but the song, but the uh, video doesn't start to play, and then it just gets to the next one. Yeah, okay, so I I have made a note, and I will remind you later, since you can't take notes while you're playing. And, and so everybody remembers he's playing because Destiny has new content and <laughs> you were up until the wee hours of the morning yesterday. Yep. You woke up like an hour before the show. <laughs> so, so it was really bad. But So you're still playing real hard because there are advantages to playing like that, especially very early on in the new content release. And this acting like that is important in order to get to quote unquote, the content, um, as soon as possible. So we can participate in the new and exciting end game raid type stuff, right? Which, and you're really all about that kind of thing. Oh, it's, um, it's good to experience things fresh for the first time rather than being taught. And this is the one time where mm. everything is new to, ev or the raids new to everybody. So nobody knows what to do. I know so, for World of Warcraft they have a beta, like a public beta. They start it. Uh, they uh, they start privately inviting people pretty early on, and then people what they do is they go straight to raids as hard as possible, in order to figure out all the quest lines, all the rare stuff, all the random stuff, and document it all, so players can actually go into a new expansion knowing 
all, all, probably everything because Blizzard doesn't like change on a dime in order to trick all the beta players, which they really should. Uh, everything is authentic. So we go into end boss fights on day one and their strategies, which I mean, you don't get that. You don't get that at all. So you're kind of lucky in that respect. Um, so, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, this is going to be a pretty rapid fire segment too. Uh, normally it's administrivia for our last segment. We got a lot of other stuff to kind of chat about. Um, the, believe it or not. So this is because this is episode 33. That means that this has been like, you might think it's been say 17 weeks. It's been 18. We've taken a couple of, of days off, essentially one week off and at 18 weeks on pretty much anything. Now, meaning you have accomplished what I would do on, in one day over 18 weeks, but I mean, that's, that's okay for you at least. Right. So what do we have to show for it? We have a website and we now have the intro that's up. We now have the playlists that are up. I figured out how to autoplay the, just that one main video. And it looks okay. I mean, I had already done the work for a website style. And so I just leveraged what I had essentially invented for myself. It could be improved. I've got notes somewhere on how the template itself could be shifted. And by template, I mean, I did it myself from by hand. Um, and, uh, the YouTube channel is there. It's alive. It's hosting all, all the stuff in the correct way, in the correct order. Uh, and again, I'll take a note of this, but every single video at every single opportunity needs to mention our website because <laughs> our website's going to have a lot of extra stuff and new features and stuff. And there's some new, there's some tricks and stuff that I'm just learning which is, um, you know, making sure that every video has an official comment on it that's pinned. And those comments are meant to engage the, well, in our case, the listener, the, the video viewer to engage them on some topic that's within it. And in order to draw any, in order to take the opportunity to draw more comments, because that matters in terms of well, at least everybody has been saying that matters for the promotion of your content by the platform itself. So the more well engaged you are is the more quote unquote popular it thinks you are. And that's one of the metrics it uses. So views isn't the only thing it's votes either up or down votes apparently and comments, a number of comments. Uh, and if all those things are lively, then it will continue to promote that more, more broadly, because it will think that there are new people that will come in that will probably act like those other people. They will probably vote, which means they're fairly engaged. They will probably comment, which means they're very engaged. And it, it wants to do that to sell advertising, obviously. And to keep just, just like all video games, it wants to keep a hundred percent of a person's spare time in that platform. At any rate, there, and the next it's ab it's going to be absolutely vital to master making thumbnails. That is the most absurdly urgent thing to do. And it's so much so that uh, I have, I already have bookmarked. Uh, I am looking into what it would take to pay for an actual expert to do, to do branding assistance. Now I, that was part, that was brushing against my industry. I actually had an employee that was his job to do branding stuff. And he did a little bit of logo stuff on the side and things like that because business had 
businesses, like other people that I knew and businesses and stuff like that would, would come to us and come to me and, and get help because they didn't know what they were doing. And then we're just figuring out this internet thing. Uh, I've been around on the internet for that long, right? Where businesses, and they still don't know what the heck they're doing. They'll go to some template website and they'll get the same stuff as everybody else and change the color. It's just, it's embarrassing. Anyhow, anyhow. So I understand a tiny bit of branding and things like this. And I'm something like an everyman, so I can probably figure it out myself. I don't want to make that my hobby. Like I have some other stuff that I want to actually get back to um, that is not really directly related to this podcast as such. So I don't, so I'm thinking of paying somebody to do branding stuff and for them to specifically help us create a style appropriate for thumbnails and, and that, so me appearing on, oh, I guess we can talk about that briefly. So uh, we got the video stuff working and tested and we understand how it works. I got the area figured out extremely well. I actually moved the, my webcam to a, an articulated arm. And I'm sure you can hear that truck right outside. Um, sorry about that. So I have this articulated desk arm. I have spares. I actually have three. Uh, I'm missing a part for one, so it's kind of in storage. But this other monitor arm is actually mirroring the bend of a monitor arm. And it actually is fit perfectly in the position that I want. I used to have it on a light stand and all this kind of stuff. So I, so I have the minions got the cropping down and I've got the scope, the area down. And I have an understanding of the the field of view of the camera and what the background is looking like. And cause I moved everything. It's the dumbest thing. So the way I moved, I'm suffering from so many nuances that I couldn't plan for because that's what life is like. We never teach kids this, by the way, you can have all the plans you want. Life doesn't work that way. Life's never going to be what you want. Uh, you have to make it that way. Mommy and daddy, stop being able to do that as soon as life gets a little bit hard and nobody can do that. Um, and so I, I arrange things and I'm like, okay, well I'm clipping viewing one of these shelves over here and another shelf over there. And I'm like, okay, well I'm going to move this set of shelves out. So I have even less space out there in the room unless I disassemble and get rid of those shelves. And so I have this and like, okay, well that works out because I can do this and I, and I have to like turn my camera, but now my nose isn't right in the middle of the, the so that's my goal is my face being in a certain place. I'm not going to like, not very many people even on um, like streamers even know about the rule of thirds. <laughs> so, I mean, I could put my face in the rule of thirds, but that's usually where you put the little box in your video game, but you can't do that because you put it, paste it over top of where your chat is or something like that, or. You, you can't be a photographer about how you place your webcam, your face in it at any rate. And I'm thinking, and it, I just, I, I couldn't get it quite right. It was so finicky, it was, but I could do it. And then I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. If I get rid of these shelves and have this other little, I can, I've been, you know, there's the phrase. Now you're thinking with portals from the game portal. Um, and I just went, oh, I don't have to think in rectangles and squares anymore. Like I can do anything I want. And so I just took my desk 
and I pivoted it just slightly. <laughs> and I, like, I honestly, my brain never reached for that at all over all this experimentation, including like, like graphing stuff out. And I just, so I just turned it and now it's the weirdest thing, but I actually have the edge of a room in frame rule of thirds in the webcam view. And it looks fantastic because I, the lighting that I thought it would have, uh, is absolutely bad. It's t just terrible beyond terrible, but I managed to figure out how to improve it. And it's, it's phenomenal now it's phenomenal. And it makes the walls behind me, that corner actually look really, really good, like flat. And you can just gently see the seam where things change a little bit. And it's actually, uh, it's not distracting. It's actually quite interesting. It's not one of these weird shadow effects or anything like that. So it like, it was a lot of work with a lot of weird stuff that I had to manage. And that's not even half of it, man. I had power issues across my USB cables. So I was being smart and using extension cables and moving my computer out of the way. And it, it turns out I can't do that because I don't have power cables that are long enough to move all my stuff the way I want. I don't have video cables. One of my video cables didn't work, gave me a blurry image, blah, blah. Life just fell apart. <laughs> it's the most dumb thing. Um, but I figured it out. Now it's, it's fantastic. It's absolutely everything I have. It's fantastic. The mic positioning is not rejecting enough of the background sound. Um, that, that I, 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 uh, it's not as good as I was hoping it would be but it's still way better than it would have been before. Still a better microphone by far as well. So if, when I'm doing uh, my own private audio only stuff, my only, my narration, I will be turning the gain down. So it's listening less hard. And it's also listening less hard to the noise around like the traffic or whatever. I'll be leaning right in to maintain that volume. This microphone does not have what is called proximity effect because I can't put my mouth close enough to it for, for my voice to get bassy. It just gets louder as I get close and I, I just maintain the same tone, but I lean in and that will improve things. I can't do that streaming cause you can't have your face in something. And I can't do that in the podcast cause they'll probably go mental trying to do that. And we're going to, we're going to be streaming this. We're going to be streaming this as soon as, as Minion is let out of quarantine and he can come back. Um, then we'll have a better internet connection for him. And we're going to do some, some stuff locally in order to tighten up how much bandwidth we're using for all this stuff. And we might be able to, to, I think we can push out a 60 FPS, 1080p signal, which is actually kind of, or used to be a challenge for a lot of people back in the olden days, but he's got the gear for that. Cause like, while I'm thinking about all the audio stuff and is thinking real hard, he, many has been thinking about video stuff for, uh, not quite as long as I've been working on the audio stuff. Cause I've been narrating like for a while, like since a very long time ago, um, 10 years probably. And, uh, but minions got the video stuff set up and working well. So we're going to tighten things up and get that stuff working, which will be, um, a little bit scary. Like I'll have to clean myself up for every single twice a week and make sure that I'm all nice and tidy and dressed well and all this kind of stuff and make sure the, that the area is nice and tidy and clean, but it should be, man, once I, once I get going, it's going to be a great experience. Um, 
In terms of editing, that's going to be a bit weird because what I think we're going to have to do for a little while until I, until I skew funding to solve that problem is we're probably going to have YouTube uh, keep the originals for the videos um, just kind of privately. Make sure we're not breaking the law for everything. I mean, it should be like we don't have music in there anymore unless it's the... Um, unless it's the cop, it's the no copyright sound is the name of the company kind of thing. And they have no copyright in their stuff. So, and that's all as, as far as I know that it's all also cataloged within YouTube. So YouTube knows to not accidentally flag any of that stuff. So it's all legal. I'm not saying anything illegal. I'm not really like, I can't break copyright patent type stuff with my voice. Really? I can't explain things probably could. Uh, I can, obviously I can anger the wrong people and things like that, but these things aren't problems. So the core video won't be taken down. The source video will be kept. So we can kind of use YouTube as a way of storing data for a little while for these. Again, 60 FPS, 1080p videos. That's not, that's hard. Uh, Minion's got a bunch of storage space, but we'll probably run out pretty quick. Um, we actually have a couple of terabytes kind of lying around. But again, if you don't have a backup for the backup, it's not, that may as well not count. So anyhow, that's stuff to, to think about for video and, and video editing is going to be different than audio editing, which will be a little bit strange. So I'm not, I'm, I'm probably going to record an audio track on my own. That's going to be perfect and pure. And then what I will do is I will replace, I'll have minion record an audacity track and then the then the video track separately with no audio and then i will pull in the two audio tracks the same way i have been doing but i'll put them alongside the video track i'll match them up i don't know how well, i'll figure it out and then i will do the video editing in there so you'll, you'll get the weird jumpy face as i edit stuff if i need to do that I don't use, I don't need to chop out very many sentences. I usually chop out, um, blank spaces, but I don't think I'm going to need to do that at all. Cause you have a face to look at and I would never want to interrupt gameplay. So there's all these weird, like I said, um, you'd approach a problem and you can go into it and kind of have a plan. But when I'm getting in there, some things are going to be easier than I thought. Some things are going to be difficult and new stuff is going to just appear out of nowhere and who knows. And it's part of the excitement. Um, on to something else. I do, uh, I am a couple of shows behind editing, but I am going to catch up really quickly. We had a bit of a vacation and I took, I should not have taken it as a vacation. I should have, uh, continued until I was out of stuff to do. Um, I did not. So I am one show, one editing show behind. I'm still working on 32 and I'll have this one 33 in my queue. So I'm hoping to get that stuff out real quick. I gave Minion some stuff, so we we have stuff appearing on our YouTube channel. Um, we're not popular right now, so so it doesn't really matter. But it's really nice to be, uh, even if there is no outlet for what you're working on, it is important for you to develop the the conscientiousness, the scheduling, the discipline to actually um, fulfill the promises to yourself for that project, so that when, and it becomes a when, like what you work on becomes an inevitability sooner or later, right? Because you look at what other people 
have accomplished, you can see where they've come from and you see that it was, if you can follow some other path, you get a bit of a guarantee. Like the world changes over time. So you can't do the same thing that other people did way back then because you won't get the same results now. But there is a kind of inevitability, a kind of momentum attached to you beginning a project and then just persisting, persisting and taking every opportunity to improve and, and, and realizing every once in a while that you've been incorrectly taking opportunities and not really improving and just correcting that and keep correcting that. Um, so at some point, uh, we will need to have that, that effort, that consistent effort. So it's best to develop it awkwardly now and, and have it really good and be used to it, be comfortable with it later when it really does matter. And it really will matter. Consistency is going to be, is going to matter a lot. Um, if you're, if you've ever noticed, if you've had a, uh, it is particular to cats. If you've ever had a cat and a cat is really insistent when there's this joke where cats are like, my bowl is half full and it's just panicking. And that's because if they're, if their bowl ran dry at some point, maybe a few times and they were fed inconsistently. So now they can't trust anymore. They've, they've been, they, they have a kind of, uh, well, it's not like PTSD, but you know, it's kind of out in that direction, right? Where they're kind of traumatized by it that inconsistency, they're like, okay, well now I need to be up there and make absolutely sure that, that I start, that I, that I'm, that I insist on it early so that if I do run out and I, I'll run out eventually, I better make sure that I have some more lined up. Like, uh, um, people get food anxiety if they, if they, um, have had, if you've ever had grocery problems at some point, a lot of people will insist on having groceries done really early so that they don't, and there's, they may not even recognize it, that they're, that they, they're trying to avoid re-experiencing what they had or what they thought they might have had in the past. Um, at any rate, um, there's, I had the longest little, uh, thought to myself that I wanted to mention last show, but I, I, I got into other stuff, which is, which is great. I like diverging. I like being derailed because uh, I find that fascinating. I do listen to my own stuff. So I find it fascinating for me to listen to that. Hopefully there are other people kind of like me out there. There's nobody like me just because there's nobody like you, but there might be some people who like that style. Anyhow, my, my, my comment was it's actually against the buy it for life thing that I had talked about in the past. Because there's a very specific reason why you wouldn't want to buy it for life. There are certain, so the buy it for life is you purchase a thing that is of substantially higher quality. So it lasts longer and there's an efficiency there because if, if it costs three times as much and it only lasts three times as much, right? That's still good because you don't have to go and buy it again later. You don't have to waste the time, inflation or whatever the heck, right? And often you pay three times as much and it lasts four times longer, five times longer. And the notion is there are certain things that you can pay premium for or approaching premium for, because it's not like it's a popularity thing. It's just more expensive because it's more durable. It's made out of, uh, materials that are harder to come by or produce or whatever the heck, but the thing lasts for 40 years, 50 years, a leather jacket, really good boots. 
it, it might have to be resold or something like that. So the sole on the bottom of the shoe might have to be replaced, th this kind of thing. It might have to have some, might, might need maintenance and things like this. These things exist for all objects. You don't just throw it away. There's a lot of this kind of stuff that when it's of that quality, it can be repaired. So there, that is the argument where you are saving money and time and you have a thing that is worn in, that is great for you, that has history, that you, literally people, they inherit these things from their grandparents. It's like, yeah, it's a literal World War II bomber jacket, which is an appropriate thing to mention on Today of All Days, right? You get something that is made for that level of quality, and it's still good now. It, 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 was, it, was, <laughs> it was literally well-worn back then, and then it was maybe shelved and worn occasionally and then passed down. And now it's, it, it's been X number of years later. It's fantastic. You'll still be able to, to wear it. That's the argument for buy it for life. It's a very good argument. Okay. It's, it's like buying things in bulk when it's not going to wear it. You, you buy an object, quote unquote, that one object in the bulk of years by buying better quality. And that saves, saves you. Well, money is what people should be thinking about in the long run. There is the opposite. Okay. The opposite says, if you've got things that do have a, an expiry of some sort, generally it's something like electronics, let's say. And I specifically thought about this in terms of audio equipment. There is the argument that goes, well, what you should do is you should work with what you have because it's, eh, it's okay. It's adequate, but you know, you need to do better. You know, you're needing, you will need to do much better because you have a plan that requires much better, right? Now that's not always true. Some people just want to buy shiny, shiny best and, but they're doing dumb amateur things with it and they're never going to need that level of quality. But there are some people where they are starting small, they have budgetary concerns and, and they don't want to start with the the crap that they have. Okay. And they say, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to save up and then I'm going to hurt to get really good. Right. Okay. And so the argument is, well, uh, I don't want to get the intermediate because I'm just going to have to replace it with the very good. And now I've paid that much extra. I would rather go from here to very good than from here to okay or good to then very good because I don't want to pay that intermediate price, right? Buy it for life would be you buy the premium and that lasts for a very long time. That's the good thing that the phrase for life microphones is actually being used in the industry by professionals or, or professionals who talk to help, uh, the, the amateurs, the people that want to become professionals, they say things like this and that's not true. I disagree with that perspective. I disagree with that perspective, even for somebody that knows they're going to be professional, that knows they're going, they're going to have to, as a requirement, get that, that premium item. Well, that premium is not the right word. Okay. So that thing that's just, that's closer to them because premium is, is like from $400 to $3,000. So I don't mean premium out there. I need, I mean, very good high end or middle end or really good professional. I mean, the, the buy for life, right? The good stuff. Now I am arguing that a person should go for many things. They should go from 
terrible, but inspiring because they could do something bad with it and realize they've fallen in love with something. They find their path. They go from bad. Don't go to great, go to good. Okay. Go to good, continue, but with good. And it's like momentum. It's inspiration being pushed to do something that is now, that has to be elevated to take advantage of good until you earn and can justify getting great. Okay. And then you have to step up to also be great to take advantage of that. So that's one argument that, that is your personal quality goes up with the quality of the gear that you have. And the other is when you do achieve greatness, and if you're on the path, again, it becomes an inevitability. Okay. For a lot of things, life is weird, but okay. Let's think well of that. When you become great and you have the great gear for it, you're matched. That good in between wasn't a waste because if great fails, you have to have a backup. And now you have a backup that's good. The backup isn't going from great to bad. Okay. That's the thing. And a lot of these people, they're professionals and they got lucky or they forgot that, that, and they're giving advice to other people who will, who will hurt or who will starve, who will save to get great. And that person with great, they might be reaching for greatness. They'll, they'll never make it right away. It's not generally a thing, but if that great and they get used to it and, and that's right for them, right? They make good decisions and there's a great match. Um, and that, and there's a problem, right? Something happens and you go, go to your backup. The backup is way too distant, right? If, if, if your, uh, backup computer is an old laptop from 20 years ago, yeah, you're not going to be able to do anything. You're not going to be able to maintain the lifestyle that you had or keep the promises that required that gear. And if it's something that's five years old, okay, maybe, but if you if, if you upgrade so infrequently that your, your previous generation of stuff isn't usable anymore, if you wait until you've worn your shoes down, okay. And you get brand new, great shoes. If those fail for some reason, you have to walk all the way back to something that was almost worn out and is more or less useless. And that is not appropriate for situations where you have professional obligations. For example, you might be able to squeak by with a good microphone. Uh, maybe you made, hopefully you made a, a really good choice and you can work with that really well because you have expertise. So maybe you can make do and you won't suffer, but you will not be able to make do with bad. You won't be able to, to do your narration job on your phone, right? That's not going to happen. If you go from phone to $500 microphone, you've got nothing in between. And if that fails, you're done, you're on vacation and you're going to lose those clients because you couldn't fulfill same day, um, promises. So that's the argument for not having buy it for life, specifically for things that you have to upgrade through. Um, that doesn't exactly apply to something like a jacket or boots, but it will definitely apply to computers and definitely for in the audio industry, voiceovers, narration, stuff like that. Um, so I am pleased that I had 
my Blue Yeti Nano, which is what I was using, because it's good. It's fine. And if what I currently have fails uh, and I have to drop back to a, a USB microphone, I know that one is great. And I know no, I now know enough that I can make sure that the environment is good to make the audio as good as it can be for that technically lower, technically not pro-grade microphone. Uh, because I'm better, I can make better use of it. But it's not going all the way back to Minion's headset, <laughs> where he made certain assumptions and it's just not, it's great for gaming, maybe, but it's terrible for narration, right? So that, because that gap is way too large. Um, so buying spare, and once you get to that professional level, go way out of your way to buy, to hurt at some point, to, to spend a huge amount of your quote unquote profit with two to get spares, to make absolutely certain that you can meet your obligations, even if your current stuff dies. This is why you have online backups. And this is why you test restoration so that you can restore things same day. This is why synchronization to a live, active, working secondary computer really helps and so on and so on. So if something dies, you can just be like, snap your fingers, one hour of effort or less, and you're up and running on something that's not as not as good or something that is exactly the same because you bought duplicates of all your equipment, right? Which, which should be a thing if you're uh, in business for yourself, for example, and you want absolutely, uh, you want absolute consistency. Um, anyway, anyway, on to the next thing. Um, so when Minion comes back, um, we're going to also maybe stream games as well. And maybe for a longer period of time, not just like my face in a podcast context. And, uh, it will be maybe like X number of extra hours straight of also destiny gameplay. I want that Minion, Can we actually get that as a goal for when your rating starts? For Wait, like when my rating starts, uh, yeah, can but I won't be able. To, I will not be chatting. Yeah, that's fine. So if it's just gameplay, and I may or may not talk, um, it, it will is the rating uh, available now, or is it going to be uh, gate time gated for it's later? Not this Saturday, but the next. Okay, so you won't be back in time, will you? Mm, I should. Because it would be really nice if the very day that it's out, because we lost that opportunity. It's not a very good opportunity to, for when Destiny has content dropped to be streaming on that day. Because that, that's a moment of interest where people will pick up on streams. So I, it doesn't really matter. It turns out to not have mattered because yawn. But the first day of raiding, the first hour of raiding, and I really do mean sit and stream on the login stream. Log, the login stream screen. Um, and I'll just talk until, until you finally get let in and get, get a raid group ready beforehand, get some solid people that you can at least prove in instances together or something and, and make that your, and be the first, be the first streamer because you're a really good player and a really good raider. So uh, that would be worthy of, that would be worthy of a first proper game stream, like really. And 
with me talking during your downtime and engaging a room, because that's probably going to have visitors. And that, that would be, that would be giving our best, I think, what we can bring to it right now. I think we will be ready for that if you are ready for that. So yeah, let's, let's make that a goal. That would be absolutely amazing. I would love to get restreaming working at the same time, which should be really easy and I can walk you through it. Um, so that will be restream.io and that would, I, I don't know which of those, I, I know YouTube and Twitch will be the good ones to start with and we can probably pull that off. I don't think YouTube will care, but Twitch absolutely will. We will need to dominate on Twitch and make that a specialty. Um, because Microsoft failed again. <laughs> oh, well, uh, so Twitch is the platform still. Um, also I'll remind you later to download songs locally. So we don't have any weird, uh, net connection problems. The idea, like we were doing all kinds of things, all manner of backwards, like uploading my voice and then downloading it into your end of things across the internet. And then you're downloading music from the internet at the same time and trying to do that with streaming through YouTube. Yeah, exactly. So that was, that's, that's well, the term downloading, you are getting it streamed from up to down to you from the internet. And for us to like do that, plus me doing video up and then down to you, and then you doing (laughs) video streaming out. It's just like way too many things all happening at the same time. And that murdered your internet connection there. Um, and the, the, the improvement will be notable because we'll do a bunch of stuff. We'll, we'll download some songs and just keep them because it's legal and, uh, we'll do some more communication network wise so we can get cut the internet out of that. So the internet will just be focused on streaming on uploading out to a stream. And that should be phenomenal. That should be a phenomenal change. So that will be wonderful. Um, so we, we did some improvements already. I mean, uh, the web, the website is nice. I have some plans to make that superior in the future, but we don't have enough of an audience for it to, for us to really think about creating a mailing list or something like that. That sounds like a lot of work, but, uh, it's surprisingly little. I just don't need to set it up right now. Um, that I'm, I'm pretty much done. I mean, I, um, I could talk a little bit about Ember, the video game that I have been, I'm still paying attention to. The developers are finally getting off their butts and pushing towards Kickstarter. So the, this game, so it is now officially being called an MMO. And I actually engaged him on that particular thing. Cause he was dodging using that term because it was, it is a poisoned word in that it had been reserved uh, because of the dominance, particularly the dominance of World of Warcraft, but the dominance of it influencing so many other games, people think MMO means a, a very specific kind of gameplay. And that, that the grasp, that language has very gently been released because now more games are being bold. <laughs> they're, they're less afraid and they're actually, they have already explored not World of Warcraft style gameplay. So we can use the term and the, uh, so it can be called a, an MMO. It can be called a, 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 um, 
what, what would the proper term be? Um, a, a mech, a weeb mech MMO is basically what it could be called. I could probably get away with saying that. And I know that the devs would say that, um, it is weebs in space. So a weeb is a person who is basically American, but a non-Japanese who is totally into Japanese stuff, more into Japanese stuff than the Japanese are. So they, they like anime and manga and they love, uh, it can get really weird. These are people that might cosplay or might do all this kind of stuff. It's, it's, they're totally into that. Stuff. And that's because it's very uniquely Japanese in all kinds of respects. And they are the best at making that stuff. And so this guy, uh, I don't know, I can't remember the context of, but he, he was raised out in that direction. And so, and he himself loves all this kind of stuff and all the movies and TV shows and comics and all this kind of stuff he's into. And so this game ended up, it, there's a bunch of the weebs in space thing and the, and it's space weebs where the actual main quote unquote race, it, they're all, they're like that. So it's like, the, the Americans and Japanese founded this colony out in space and they're all just like that. And, and they like these things. And so the, the game has a whole lot of that in it, um, which is a little strange. So it's, it's being called an MMO mech game where you are a, a pilot in a robot suit and is very classically like that with uh, three gameplay feels happening, depending on what type, what style of suit you're in. If it's little and it's basically a, an exoskeleton, if it's medium and it's one of these pretty classic high mobile, um, shooter type of type of things, or if it's the large bulkier, uh, frame, like a proper mecha, um, and those would represent different kinds of movement, different kinds of gameplay and everything else is customizable. Yeah. Almost all the guns are interchangeable with some, some major exceptions like heavy artillery is that's a heavy frame thing and, uh, sniping rifles and stuff like that, like light arms, some like dual guns. That's a light um, that's a, I think a sniping rifle would be a light thing. And then, uh, then two wielding two guns would be a medium thing and a shield is a heavy thing and uh, blah, blah, blah. Like with bunches of variations where, uh, yeah. So there, there's, there's a lot more explanation of what's going to be going on. And it had originally been developed by the lead guy hijacking the form of a, of a different game asking a bunch of people like myself, like, so I get an email from this guy, um, regarding interest in this idea. And then a bunch of people getting together, getting a, a Kickstarter for all of a website, like, Hey guys, can we raise 300 bucks for this thing? Now this, this man is probably a millionaire. So it's really hilarious for him to ask for a few hundred bucks, but he needed to understand if there's actual legitimate interest. And there's like a couple of thousand dollars later, right? So website gets set up and then a forum gets set up and then it gets spruced up. I don't like the art. So I edited the art of the website myself because I've got local, local scripting via stylish. So if you have Firefox, there's an add-on called stylish, which you can use. I think Chrome has something like that. Anyhow. Yeah. The things I know, the things I can do anyway, uh, it progressed from there to 
uh, I think it's multiple Kickstarters. I lost interest for a while, but I came in for one of the Kickstarters. And uh, one of the promises is Kickstarters are uh, nonsense and they're scams. And everybody knows it. <laughs> Minion, you got hit by this. Everybody should know it. Some people, it takes a while for them to learn their lesson. Uh, it took me a few tries. Um, but for developing a game, oh, come on. Like, you want free money, and then you're going to make some excuses. You're going to give us some demos that are just garbage, and then you could run off with our money and give us updates Going every back three to the months. Starter thing. I don't think I got scammed at all, really. Really? Oh, Other than the 3D they'll... printer, which you recommended, everything else turned out to be okay. Oh, I got that 3D printer, which it's, it was terrible. It was absolutely abysmal. It was a shame because I made that a project of mine. I was going to make a I still, hobby out of... I still go through Kickstarter hmm? for Cat every now and then, and the items are decent. Um, I just got a mini vacuum that can act as a charger or a car jumper and a shower head, <laughs> which I don't think I'll ever use a shower head, but it looks really nice. This, this shower head sucks. <laughs> well, I want to um, test this one, but I'm not even too sure now. That. A shower head that can electrocute you. <laughs> like, it'll wake like, you up. It's it'll wake you up in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah. It'll... Ooh, I, uh, that sounds like an awful, awful thing that I would never buy. <laughs> the you know, there's head? a lot of stuff that's well, yeah, that plus a lot of the stuff that's on Kickstarter and software, like games in particular. Um, they've long been. Uh, the problems of, of every once in a while, one of them is just a con. Some of them are really popular and, um, and do do well. But this game, he's like, well, people know my name and people want this, but this Kickstarter thing for funding a game, that's just dumb. So he did it in segments. The idea was to do it in segments. So it's like, well, we're going to raise this much money to make sure everything's off the ground and we're going to make these promises and then we're going to make reach the promises ahead of time, then have another funding campaign to get the rest and the, and so forth, staggering it out to like get people to hold off and make sure that they actually make the commitments in in the meantime before asking for a little bit of money, not a huge amount all at once. It's like the first one was asking for something like $30,000. That's that's almost nothing but if you're looking at uh at some basic art for the demo for a game kind of thing you're looking for some art assets that's enough right i think it made well over a hundred thousand dollars so this is the the all the dev team of three at that point all part-time were like well i guess there's some interest now um well we got plenty to go on for a long time so let's let's because you can't make too many promises all at once because, wow, that's that's really hard to do because they still wanted to make achievements in segments. And it's been a very long time since the last fundraiser. And uh, what has happened is enough time has passed and he's, he's developed other funding cons <laughs> to be like, oh, if you subscribe, we'll give you skins when the game is out one day and on all this kind of stuff. And... Uh, and then asking for people to buy packages after the fact that weren't associated with the Kickstarter. And it's like, 
I I was estimating the amount of money that 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 basically this guy personally has been taking in, and it's a it is it is glorious con job level nonsense, including all the demos showing off something that like I literally had a dev. A, a different dev show me with the same technology, the stuff that they had been promising. He just did it over a weekend and they're, yeah. So, so it is totally like red flag con. <laughs> like that's where we've been for a long time for like most of a year. All right. So this is kick level Kickstarter level con anyway. So, and that's kind of where I am in terms of confidence, but I've, I've invested, I've actually been in, invested into this stuff. Uh, personally and financially anyhow so he he's talking about it and he's finally uh doing he's starting the hype for the next kickstarter that's coming up and in order for that kickstarter in order for this project to come off the ground he has to make good on everything to date like or else um or everything dies like with no recovery whatsoever there won't be forgiveness because the this guy and his projects have have had some fishy challenges before. And we'll know that he's been walking away with, with cash. Um, and uh, so the, the playable demo with a certain set of circumstances and a certain set of requirements um, is due early next year. And he was, he was, kicking about certain specific timelines the problem being this entire the economies of the world kind of winding down this has been a problem but so that no achievement could be made this year but he's he's working on that final playable demo so i'm i'm tentatively interested i suppose i can't be excited anymore uh but i'm more excited in that being like quarter one next year than i am with World of Warcraft coming out with something on the 23rd, which is, which is, you know, a couple of weeks away. Right. And that's a lot closer. I'm not very excited. It re, it's really, I'm more excited in getting back together regularly with my guild, which, which I actually, I feel bad about it. Do you imagine paying X number of dollars a month for a subscription that lets you have friends? <laughs> that's, that's my life now. Like, Wow. Is that a thing? Wow. How do we interact with humans anymore? Not like I can go to a coffee shop. Um, it's all across another the program that could hold, that could hold a bunch of people. S some sort of live chat, like video chatting. I don't, I don't know. That can support could... video. That can include audio. That can include text and sort of like a club <laughs> or <a> grouping. <laughs> Yeah, our entire guild is actually in Discord. <laughs> and we don't interact as much as we ought to, even though everybody's there. Uh, I have just one person who's really interactive as as that can meet me. I don't know that person, so it's a little bit awkward. So, but so we kind of keep keep in touch ish. But I feel like people don't know me as well anymore because there's a lot of new faces and my well-earned respect may not be there for newer players. So I may have to re-earn that, which is a little scary. Um, anyway, we're, we're at a time I've talked about pretty much everything that I want to talk about. So I'm happy about that. It turns out I did not have enough material already ready 
for segment three. I'm in fact out of stuff to talk about at all, right? I have, I'm out, I'm empty. So I'm relying on extra people to pop into chat, to ask weird questions and for the streaming stuff to happen. So, uh, next Sunday is a, is a regular day. And I know we're going a little bit over time. And so when are we the 23rd? So we have a, not quite two weeks. So Sunday I'll be available. The Wednesday after that I'll be available. The Sunday after that is kind of pushing it, but I should be available. So we should have three shows left of this. And then Minion comes back. When do you say Saturday? So what is that? Saturday the 21st is when Destiny stuff comes out? Uh, I should be back next week. And then, then on Saturday, the raid will be out. Ooh, okay. So we can, we'll set, Saturday will be our plan. So, so it does sound like Sunday can be good streaming as well. We might be burnt out from Saturday. So for, for anybody listening, I'll remind, uh, listeners. I'm going to be tired. You might have to wake me up as soon as that raid's done. I'm <laughs> crashing and it's a 24 hour thing. Unless I don't oh, beat wow. it 24 hours. Okay. Well, maybe we want to have Sunday. Well, mm, Maybe, maybe you can just, just be like, off. it should be fine. <laughs> okay. 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 But, uh, I will mention a couple of times during the next couple of shows about how wacky that Sunday is going to be for our regular listeners. But remember, we're going to have our clips and we're going to have our show up on YouTube. You can visit us on lucidindifference.com. We do have our intro. We do have our playlist up there as well, but you can go to YouTube directly. And we're going to be back on uh, Sunday at this point, Sunday the 15th. Well, thank you everybody for listening. It has been 2020 11, 11. I hope you have had a truly unhappy Remembrance Day. And this has been episode 33. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.